Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Mindset Design Podcast. It is a bright and early morning right now, and I'm actually recording this from an undisclosed location, which will probably be disclosed pretty soon, but for now, I'm going to keep it a mystery, so you follow along with the, I don't know, whatever. What am I even talking about? Nothing. Um, Anyway, (laughs) you're like, what? No, nothing. Everything's good. But, okay, right now I am recording from an undisclosed location, and it's also 5.16 a.m., and I wanted to get a quick podcast recording in, um, probably going to be 15, 20 minutes, but it's going to be packed with extremely, extremely valuable information, um, and, and by the way, this podcast is very directly aimed at maxi members so you know the six seven hundred of you guys this is very much for you about you and uh it comes from you know another book inspiration that i recently picked up called the four hour chef by you know my favorite writer tim ferris writer uh entrepreneur you know whatever you even consider him at this point he's he does a lot of things um, world tango champion <laughs> among, you know, Chinese judo champion or whatever. I don't know. The dude gets around and has a lot of world records and wild. It's hard to describe Tim Ferriss to someone who doesn't know who he is. So if you've read the four hour work week, you know who he is. He also has a book called the four hour chef, which is you'd think it's a cooking book and it, it actually is, but the first hundred pages or so are some of the the best pages I've read in quite a while in a book because they're all about learning and they teach you, or Tim Ferriss teaches you how to learn at a pace that would just make your peers look silly. Um, and, and now what I'm doing is I want to read you an excerpt, but di- re- directly related to Maxi because um, the, the chapter is called The Art of Meta-Learning. So it's like learning faster, basically. But what I'm going to kind of translate it to is the art of meta goal setting. Because when we set goals and we start to use Maxi and really have it direct our lives, we have to understand that if we don't pick the right goals, if we don't pick the right role models in life and, you know, in using Maxi and creating our master vision, then you know, it, it's our compass, okay? It's literally the, the the same exact analogy of when a plane, if you get in a plane from LA to Boston or something like that, and the plane, if the plane is one degree off course, it will end up thousands of miles away from where it's supposed to go. So it's the same thing with goal setting. If your master vision is, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, perfect. But if you really want to get where you want to go, if it's slightly off, it's going to be a lot harder to get there. It's going to take you a lot longer. So that's why I stress the importance of like really crafting your master vision, revisiting it, evaluating your life on a daily and weekly and monthly quarterly basis and looking at, are you where you want to be? Are you heading in the right direction? And what changes can you make in your mindset to get yourself on the right course. So the chapter that I'm going to be reading you from, and by the way, 
this podcast is still relatively experimental. So if you want me to continue doing these, you need to DM me at Arlen Moore on Instagram. That's where I'd like to see feedback. Type the first word podcast and then explain, you know, whether you loved or hated it. Because if if I don't see messages, like more and more messages there, then I'm just not going to do these because these are really for you guys. Um, while they do help me flesh out ideas, you know, I, 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 I do think that this is going to be a great medium for me um, to provide value to you. But uh, I would love to see the feedback and that would encourage me to record even more of these. So I'm going to start reading. So the chapter that I'm reading from is called uh, Meta-Learning, where we are going to mimic the world's fastest learners. It is impossible to become world-class in just about anything in six months or less. Armed, oh, sorry. (laughs) It is possible to become world-class in just about anything in six months or less. Armed with the right framework, you can seemingly perform miracles, whether in Spanish, swimming, or anything in between. So you can see how this is going to be useful in you know, learning goal setting, because they both apply, you're picking the right mentors. All right, I will stop jabbering away and just start reading this particular chapter, which is really, really eye opening. Okay. Being the best versus becoming the best. As I write this, the two most viewed freestyle swimming videos in the world are of one, Michael Phelps, and two, Shinji, sorry, if I botched the name, Shinji Takeuchi. Those are the two most viewed swimming videos. Actually, Shinji Takeuchi has more views than the Michael Phelps video uh, for freestyle, um, freestyle swimming. Phelps makes sense, right? But who the hell is Shinji Takeuchi? Phelps learned to, Phelps learned to swim at the tender age of seven. Shinji learned to swim at the well-ripened age of 37. More interesting to me, Shinji learned to swim by doing practically the opposite of Phelps. Shinji drives his lead arm forward, almost two feet beneath the surface, rather than grabbing the, rather than grabbing near the surface and pulling. Rather than focusing on kicking, Shinji appears to eliminate it altogether. No paddleboard workouts to be found. Shinji often trains freestyle stroke with closed fists or by pointing his index finger forward and keeping the arms entirely underwater. Phelps looks like he's attached to an outboard motor. It's a heroic output of horsepower. Shinji has been watched millions of times because he offers the flip side, effortless propulsion. So who would you rather have as a teacher, Phelps or Shinji? All right, I'm gonna interrupt here. So what, one thing we teach in Maxi, if you have been you know, following the the lessons, the protocols, attending live calls, is that we tell you to pick a mentor, right? And, you know, in the past, I haven't really been too specific about which mentors to pick. But in this particular situation, let's say you want to be a swimmer, right? If you want to be a a world-class swimmer, right? Let's say you want to compete and win like Michael Phelps. All right, I guess in that particular situation, I, I might recommend, you know, if you're going for gold, I might recommend training regimen like uh, like Michael Phelps. I might recommend choosing Michael Phelps as a mentor. You know, if you are, um, 
looking to kind of be the next Tiger Woods or something, and you're in the PGA, we actually have a, a few golfers in Maxi who want to emulate, you know, big golfing legends. Um, you might want to follow in the footsteps of Tiger Woods, yes. But there's many, many, many other cases, and there may even be cases in this sense, okay? You might, you might look at if you really want to become a swimmer, is Michael Phelps really the one you want to go after, or is it the Shinji guy, okay? And that's metaphorical too. So, um, you know, do you, if you want to be a singer, do you want to replicate Justin Bieber, or would you want to replicate the Shinji singer of the world? And that'll make more sense in just a moment. I'll continue. So who would you rather have as a teacher, Phelps or Shinji? Arthur Jones, founder of Nautilus, when, when asked how to gain muscle mass quickly, recommended the following, I paraphrase. Approach the biggest bodybuilder at your gym, ideally a ripped 250 to 300 pound professional, and politely ask him for detailed advice. Then do precisely the opposite. If the T-Rex size meathead recommends two sets, do one, or 10 sets, do one set. If he recommends post-protein workout, consume pre-protein workout. Jones's tongue-in-cheek parable was used to highlight one of the dangers of hero worship. Here's the key, guys. This is huge. The top 1% often succeed despite how they train, not because of it. Superior genetics or a luxurious full-time schedule make up for a lot. So, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue reading uh, a couple more sentences, then break it down. This is not to say that Phelps isn't technical. Everything needs to be flawless to win 18 gold medals, of course. It's the people a few rungs down, the best you realistically have access to, whom you need to be wary of. And then there is the second danger of hero worship. Okay, so I'll get into that in a second. But what that's saying, so the top 1% often succeed despite how they train, not because of it. It's like, if you're idolizing, you know, Justin Bieber, who's, you know, obviously a natural born talent from, like, he's practically, a, you know, a baby before he, like, at the time he blew up and he was singing perfectly. Phelps is just like, clearly destined to be a, an Olympic gold medalist swimmer. Like he's got the perfect build. All right. That's genetics. Okay. Um, you know, like a lot of these top 0.1% athletes that we think of a lot of these top 0.1% performers, whether it's in business or, you know, if you're a YouTuber, right? Like Charlie D'Amelio comes up <laughs> as an example, like for TikTok, because she's been dancing forever, right? Like she's kind of destined for that app. So, you know, if you want to be TikTok famous, maybe it's not really the best decision to try to emulate Charlie because unless you have like all this dance experience, if you're trying to be TikTok famous, what I recommend is going a few rungs down the ladder, right? Look at someone who one, like this, I'm not saying you're not attractive, <laughs> but I'm saying look at people who got famous despite any natural born genetical uh, advantages, like obviously TikTok favors very highly attractive people. The algorithm literally picks up on it. So look for people who are famous despite their looks. Look for people who are famous despite genetics, like despite what they were born with. I mean, are they, are they like, like what, are, there's so many easy ways to blow up on TikTok. 
that aren't, you know, about your looks. And believe me, TikTok algorithm really cares about looks. Like it's actually insane. So, so the point is like when considering a mentor in any field, like the overarching thing, when you're looking at a role model, right? Someone who you want to be like, really take genetical build into consideration. Like, do you want to follow someone who was going to be successful regardless? Or do you want to follow someone who is successful despite, right? Despite what they were naturally born with. Okay, I'm going to read a little bit more here. Career specialists can't externalize what they've internalized. Second nature is hard to teach. This is true across industries. As Eric Kosselman, executive chef at Kokari, my favorite Greek restaurant in San Francisco, said to me amid my novice questioning, the problem with me is I've always been a cook. I don't remember ever wanting to be something else. Daniel Berka, a designer at Google and the co-founder of tech startup Milk, echoes the sentiment. I don't think I'd particularly be good at teaching the basics of CSS, a language used for look for the look and formatting of web pages. Now I do 12 things at once and they all make sense. And I can't remember which of those was confusing when I was just starting out. These top 0.1% who've spent a lifetime honing their craft are invaluable in later stages of learning. Um, sorry, I lost my spot real quick. Okay, and yeah, they're unvalued. These top 0.1% who've spent a lifetime honing their craft are invaluable in later stages of learning, but they're not ideal if you want to rock it off the ground floor. The Shinji Takeuchis, on the other hand, the rare anomalies who've gone from zero to global top 5% in record time, despite mediocre raw materials, mediocre genetics, are worth their weight in gold. So the point here is that if you want to choose proper mentors, and you're just starting out, let's say with YouTube, let's say with a business, let's say with... Okay, so I hope that helps. Um, you know, I was going to do a little bit longer of a podcast here, but I think uh, I might cut it off there because that is enough information to digest to really go and take some action. So I would love for you to today, you know, go into your master vision and look at your mentors and really take some time. Like, look, like, think about it, you know, am I following someone who clearly has a genetic advantage in whatever field I am pursuing? And it doesn't have to be appearance, right? Like, if you're trying to build a business, like, are you following in the footsteps of someone who maybe had like, extremely rich and successful parents who just like, kind of helped them all along the way? Or are you following someone who's like a true underdog who, you know, didn't have rich and successful parents and kind of succeeded in spite of lack of, of information from their parents? You know, you can, I think you catch my drift at this point. Like I've given plenty of examples. So if you have any questions, feel free to message me in the Maxi community. Um, and if you are still listening and you're not in the Maxi community, it sounds like you should definitely join. <laughs> And I think all of our members here would echo, like if you sat through 15 minutes of me talking about 
goal setting and picking your right mentor, then you're definitely going to want to be in this community. It is an incredible group of people and we all push each other. We all hold each other accountable. We all support each other. And it's amazing. Um, it's just maximindset.com. If you're curious, you want to kind of read a little bit more, see some testimonials, maximindset.com slash reviews. But yeah, that's it. So I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Again, DM me podcast with your feedback. If you enjoyed this, if you'd like to see more and I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right, peace.